would you like to give a shout out to your dad for my new show? Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, dad, keep flying high. I love ya. G'day, dad. G'day to my old man. G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Who is in heaven? Hi, dad. Do you want to say hi to your dad? Hi, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Thanks for everything, dad. Hi, dad. Hello, pop. Happy birthday, dad. Hi, dad. How's it going, dad? Thanks, dad. Hello, papa. Oi, Javier, old bastard. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I, I love you. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hi, dad. Where the hell are you? G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Good evening. And welcome to Farter Figures. It's 7.30pm, or just after, and you're listening on Sin Nation. Uh, my name's Victor, and I'm back for the second episode of the show that's all about dads. So each week we explore different uh, daddy issues, um, which are nothing like Sigmund Freud's uh, creepy theories, might I add, more along the ideas of discussing and, and celebrating dads and different types of them, and, and there are a lot of them. So um, on last week's show, we covered invertro fertilisation and looked at the various ways dads were using this procedure to uh, have kids. Um, you can catch the podcast of last week's episode on sin.org.au or Facebook, just search Father Figures, and that's spelt uh, F-A-R-T-E-R, which is like fart because we all know dads love a silly pun and, and you know, ripping them on the couch. Um, and just quickly on last week's theme, before we crack into this episode, uh, yesterday the very first human to be conceived by IVF Louise Brown had her 39th birthday, so happy birthday to her. And anyway, it's a, it's a topical theme tonight, again, as we take a look at uh, dads in sport. And I guess it's a fine line for fathers pushing their kids for stardom or putting them off sport for life. There's uh, no denying that sport is great for children, but how involved should dads be? in their kids' sport. No one wants it to be their dad yelling the untasteful stuff from the sidelines at junior sport. And then, on the other hand, can kids become professionals if their dads aren't supporting and driving them to excel from a young age? I'll be speaking to two dads who played on AFL lists lists about how they approach their own fatherhood and especially in terms of their kids' sporting lives. And I'll also share a chat I had with Jenny Priest, who is the director of Active Canberra and the co-chair of Play by the Rules, an organisation focusing on children protection in sport. So it's going to be a cracker. Uh, we'll also get to um, dads in ads, dad jokes, dadisms, my favourite dad fashion and as always, all the music will be by dads or about dads. So uh, let's kick it off and, and see what's happening in dad news this week. Your TV program, my life is saved. I can make a fresh start. Thank you. Dad news. Dad news. It's time for Dads in the News. That's right. Um, it's a new little intro I've, I've, I've whipped up, but uh, the first one, our first father in the news is Sagadeep Singh Aroa. I, I hope I pronounced 
that right. I'm not sure if I have, though. But he is taking a Melbourne Christian school to court over their refusal to enrol his son because he wears a turban. Uh, the school insists it has the right to set the uniform its students wear, whereas Saga Deep believes the school is breaching the Equal Opportunity Act. It's a pretty topical one, this one, but I guess it's just good to see a dad sticking up for his kid, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, in other dad news, uh, I really like this one. A new video game has been released called Dream Daddy. Uh, the internet is seriously a crazy place and basically this is a dating stim simulator where you play as a dad and your goal is to meet and romance other hot dads. Uh, developed by Game Grumps, they both has seven dateable dads and, and so many dad puns. Uh, their description online of the game is pretty great. Uh, so, you and your daughter have just moved into the sleepy seaside town of Maple Bay only to discover that everyone in your neighbourhood is a single, dateable dad. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty classic one, and uh, it definitely has some really catchy theme music that I fell in love with, so I thought I'd uh, bring it into the studio for you all to have a listen. Um, I like that though. Uh, interesting game. And finally in sport, uh, it's always great to see Aussies doing well on an international stage and dad Joe Ingalls has recently received the biggest ever contract for an Australian in the NBA. So he netted $52 million, which is actually US dollars uh, for a four-year contract with the Utah Jazz. So he's a proud father of twins and has already stated he's going to do a lot of charity work with his money for underprivileged families. So he's a good dad looking to help out other dads and their families. So that's that's good. And, and that's it for news for this week, Dad News. Um, we'll probably get to our first track of the show to, to get me in the mood. And uh, this week I'm going for sort of dad-centric uh, hip-hop music. So I guess... There's a lot of dads who rap and a lot of rappers who rap about dads. So uh, this one's one to really get you in the mood. We've got Biggie Smalls, the notorious B.I.G. with Big Popper. Hi, this is Luke's father and you're listening to Father Figures on Sin Nation. Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. Welcome back. And you're listening to Father Figures on Sin Nation, and that was the late, great Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls with Big Popper. 
Very good dad song there. Um, if you heard Darth Vader endorsing the show before, I have a little uh, dad fact about the evil man. I mentioned last week that Vata is German for father. And in terms of Darth Vader, I've also found out that similarly, Vader is Dutch for father and Darth is a loose translation of dark. So uh, therefore, does that mean Darth Vader means dark father? That's a, um, a little bit geeky, but I do like it. So without further ado, let's jump straight into Dadvertising. Don't drop the dinosaur, Daddy! How'd you like to beat you up the other night, eh? Jason, go and get your old man a beer, would you? Michael, go and get your old man a beer, would you? Jason, go and get your old man another beer, would you? No matter what your dad's into, we've got the gift of Cedar. It's all here for your dad at Bunnings. Hi. Can I help you? I'm Michael. From Dialadad. But I'm his dad. There's a few classic Australian dad ads in the in the theme music there. I'm not sure if you remember them. Promoting lollies, a drink-wise campaign, and a few uh, classic dad hardware ads. Um, so this week we, we're focusing on an ad, and this one's a pretty clever look at dad bods, which are really all the rage. Um, have a listen to this one. My ankles became swollen. Right. Began getting stretch marks. I just want my pre-baby body back. Hmm. When we brought Tommy home, I was up every couple of hours feeding. Pizza, cured meats, cake. I mean, I see Dad's bodies in magazines, but I mean, who actually looks like that? I saw David Beckham a week after childbirth, and he's out running. A week after childbirth. With no top on. I see the way that my wife looks at other men that don't have kids. It's not her fault. It's hard. It's hard. And that's what people don't realise. It's really hard. Would I give back my kids for my pre-baby body? Probably not. So, that was the Bonds ad for Dad's Underwear which is a far cry from their usual sort of upbeat dancing ads for women's underwear. And uh, these fathers, who you couldn't actually see because it's a radio show, but they all had pretty realistic, unflattering dad bods. Um, And they're just talking about the effect becoming a parent has had on their bodies. I think obviously they haven't endured a a pregnancy, pregnancy. So it is sort of skirting on, on mocking women for their body issues surrounding given giving birth but it's just so amusing and uh you know the dad bod is becoming fashionable now so i think it's a feel-good ad that's promoting the product with relatable dads um who can make everyone who's packing a bit of uh extra pudding feel included so that's 
advertising for the week. Now let's have a look at uh, move on to tonight's theme, which is dads in sport. So I'm I'm pumped to have a look at this because we see dads in sport all the time. Uh, the junior sporting coach was always one of the kids' parents. Some dads are in the picture when their kids become sporting professionals, and and you know some. Fathers are probably guilty of pushing their kids too much to become sporting greats. So I think it's a fine line. Well, I believe it's a fine line between being supportive and just flat out asking too much of your kids. I think it's, it's, it is safe to say all parents want their children to shine on the sporting field, yet you know kids can lose the love of game having too much pressure from the sidelines. Uh, and I think that's an easy trap to fall into as an adult. I think for myself, you know, at sporting events, I, I comment out loud at players' performances. You know, I groan at mistakes and, you know, I vocally sort of yell and urge my team to do better and, and that sort of stuff. But that's called atmosphere, uh, you know, at a professional sporting event. But, you know, is that appropriate behaviour for junior sport? And then I guess on the other hand, can kids become professional sports people without someone close to them pushing them to to be elite uh, and especially at a young age. And and I think if it's not their father, it it probably has to be someone like their mum or a coach who talent scouts them at a young age. And and I think for me, uh, I look at the example of tennis and, and, and how fathers can be heavily involved in the sport. And I guess tennis is an individual sport, so that even heaps even more pressure on the kids, I think. Uh, Andre Agassi, who's a former world number one tennis player and an icon of the sport, in his autobiography, he sort of revealed that he always had a hatred for tennis because of his overbearing dad. I think he, he said after winning the, the first Grand Slam or his first Grand Slam, the first thing his dad said to him was, you know, telling him off for losing the fourth set in in that match. So, you know, and he also blamed his sort of crystal, he, he had a crystal meth addiction and, and he blamed that on and wanting to escape from tennis and just to shorten his career. And, and that sort of all comes back to his violent and assertive dad. And then... Back here on Australian soil, we've got our own controversial tennis player whose dad's heavily involved in the sport, and that's uh, crowd favourite Bernard Tomic. Uh, so he used to train with his dad for 10 hours a day since he was eight years old uh, in, in the push to become a professional player. And, and Bernard's dad, John Tomic, he's never sort of shied away from hitting the headlines he slammed Tennis Australia on numerous occasions for cutting his son and his daughter's, in fact, funding. And it even got a bit more ugly a few years ago when uh, Bernard's dad was charged with assault for punching his son's uh, training partner. And then the training partner also claimed that he hit his son and, and Bernard lived in fear of his dad. So after this year's Wimbledon, which was recent, uh, it became very clear that sort of Bernard Tomic has lost a passion from the sport. And he recently said on a TV interview that if he could go back in time, he would tell himself as a kid not to play tennis. So, you know, there's a striking resemblance here from these two tennis stars who both had overbearing fathers and and didn't enjoy the sport that they were pushed to play. Uh, And I think at the moment, the most famous dad in sport is across in America, and that's LeVar Ball. Uh, his his three sons are all destined to play NBA. Uh, they're all basketball players, and and his eldest son was just drafted this year at, at the second pick to the 
LA Lakers. But, you know, it's his dad here who's sort of stealing the limelight, claiming his sons are better than current superstars and that even he would beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, which is just sort of outlandish. But I actually kind of like what he's doing. He's, he's vocal, but he never shifts away from the support he gives his boys and his kids haven't fallen out of love with the game of basketball because of his parenting. And, you know, he's even created their own family brand, the Big Baller brand, uh, and he's a marketing genius almost. He, his controversial media appearances is just promoting his sons and their brand further. Uh, I've got some audio from ESPN, uh, and, you know, he talks, him and his, his oldest son talk about the journey so far. Everything is a plan for me picking my woman. Tina's an athletic woman. I'm an athletic man. It's all lined up. Our last name is Ball. I said, once I have my boys, I'm having close together. We only need three. One on each lane and one down the middle. Got a nice little system here. As soon as the boys come home from school and practice, we make about 200 shots on the shooting machines. My boys make just like it's nothing. Shoot them with your left. See that? They not ready for that. And the next thing I do is I make them lift weights Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're doing pull-ups. So, good. We just started having fun, you know. We didn't want to go outside and do homework. We want to stay outside and keep shooting. A lot of people be like, oh, you push them to the limit. No, I guide them to the limit. I tell them what to do and get it done. But if I got to push you, this ain't for you. All my boys going to be one and done, yes. We trying to get to the NBA as quick as possible. They want that challenge. I've told my boys this. Somebody got to be better than Michael Jordan. Why not you? The big baller brand, the triple Bs. This is our family brand for our family. This is what me and my wife came up on, with me and my boys together. What do you say to those who say that you're exploiting your kids by doing this? This is what they say. LeVar is exploiting his kids. What the hell do you think UCLA is doing? I'm protecting you from the exposure. Come on, it's exploitation when the family's doing it, but what are you guys doing? It's not that we're just playing for fun, you know. It's actually we want this to be our job. It's just something different. Nobody has ever had being a first-round pick with their own brand coming out. That's going to be Lonzo. That's some history-changing stuff right there. He certainly is uh, something different, but he's got the whole basketball world talking, and, you know, only time will tell how it'll pan out for his sons, but... I think he's showing support and he's, he's pretty smart about how he's doing it. Um, and also, during the week, I've spoken to two dads who were on AFL lists and had careers in sport. So why don't we have a listen to sort of how they... I asked them how they approach their parenting and I guess the pressure that comes to their kids with having a father who's, you know, previously been involved in sport. Uh, the first interview I'll play is uh, Ricky Nixon the controversial high-profile ex-player agent who also played 60 games of AFL. He's often outspoken in the media, but he shared his approaches to being a dad in the spotlight. Now about your own sons, what what do they do with their sport? Um, Well, they're both playing football. More the younger one, I suppose, at the moment. It's at a stage in his career where he has to decide whether he wants to try and be drafted or not. Um, he missed a bit of footy through the sort of 
17, 18, 19 period, which is when he could have got drafted because of what happened to me. So um, he's probably going to play at Southport in Queensland next season, and um, that's his opportunity to you know see if he's good enough or not. He kicked 103 goals a couple of years ago and seven points, so that's pretty pretty good kicking. And do you think um, because you were high profile, it made it harder for you to be involved and harder on them in such to be involved in all their sport? You oh, absolutely. Going down. I mean, I pulled out of junior footy coaching because of the. Attention! I mean, it probably didn't help that Peter was Peter Moore was my assistant coach. So you got a Brownlow medalist, you know, six foot six. His son who's killing him. My son who's killing him. Um, and there was a couple. Bill Gowers, who um, is Andy Gowers at Hawthorne. His son was in the team, so we got copped a lot of attention and a lot of abuse and jealousy. And of course, because your your kids are good players, that you're winning games most weeks. I mean, I got accused of paying petrol money for parents to bring their kids to play with my team and stuff like that. That was a headline in the Herald Sun. And I mean, it's just just a joke. So um, it it actually, I, I swore I wouldn't go back to coaching junior football. My, my sons, anyway, or junior football again. And I know a lot of ex players who won't coach junior football because of that sort of tension. Mm-hmm. And was there any sort of lots of you had a few ugly incidents? Yeah, you know, we had uh, Peter got Peter got knocked over by a boundary umpire. Who, um, there was an, a goal umpiring decision once that was. Uh, clearly a goal that I oh, was the umpire, goal umpire, and all the crowd knew it was a goal. And the field umpire came in and said, "No, that that went the other side of the post. I'm changing your decision." And then you know that erupted into an argument, and you know it just shouldn't have, shouldn't be happening. I got to apologise to after the game, but um, uh, there was uh, yeah a few few things that weren't great. But then you you got to sum it up. Is I think in life we all focus on the five percent of things we don't like and what's wrong and all that. We don't focus on the ninety five percent of the good times and. You know, I see those kids I coached under 12s, under 13s, under 14s now, and you know, they're grown adults, and like Mark Pitney is playing at Hawthorne, I never would have thought he'd ever play AFL football, so it's great, and he's probably mm-hmm. done, the, he's actually probably done the best out of that team, him and Darcy Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect, and do you think that there are, there are, you know, cases where dads can push their kids, you know, too much to be... Oh, I've seen it, that, that side of it, um... Uh, sometimes, I mean, I've always been a person who sort of says, okay, everybody's different, you know. We always want to judge people every day of our lives, and I'm sure I still judge them, even though I'm not saying that. I try to say, understand each person. You know, that person can't be the same as me. That person's going to be quiet, and that person's going to be reserved. That parent's going to be over the top. You know, I've had parents, when I managed AFL players, ringing me, tell me how to do the contracts, or, you know, that sort of thing. I, I was pretty uh, full on of just telling them about it. It's your son's football career, not yours. By all means, come along and support and enjoy, but don't interfere. Um, it's not your job to interfere. Yep. Do you think that your sons felt um, pressure because you were, uh, you know, an AFL player? And uh, they were in, they're in different circumstances. Uh, Lewis, my oldest son, just started uni in Bond University in Queensland and wasn't exposed to the media, and also was a, he's a very quiet kid who doesn't really never never been in an argument in his life, sort of thing. Doesn't doesn't care for. I suppose all the bullshit. Mitch is, you know, a football type person and everything else. And obviously, like he, he sent me an email at one stage saying, I, I've lost my footy coach, I've lost my dad, and my heart is broken. Now, what that kid put through when he was 15 years old, I'll never forget. So, yeah, I mean, those, I'd like to think that they would bring up stuff with me. I've noticed the pleasing thing for me in the last two months is the amount of things Mitch is asking me for advice on. Whereas he hasn't done that in the last few years, because I, and I know when I speak to some people, they say, yeah, but they're scared. Not not my sons, but Darcy Moore might be scared to ask Peter Moore because they're sort of seen as up there a bit. It's not quite the same the relationship you have. 
and it's not easy as a kid if your parents are parent or father or mother or sibling are being spoken about every day of the week in the media you know it's not easy mm-hmm. and yeah imagine how, being Eddie McGuire's kids yeah, yeah or Sam Newman's kids I mean I know Sam Newman's kids probably uh having I know one of them very well and he doesn't agree with some of the stuff Sam does and he's embarrassed by some of the stuff Sam does but Sam would argue that that's me as in that's how he acts mm-hmm. um and yeah how, how important is that fine line between you know, taking a back seat and just giving encouragement compared to, you know, being involved in, in terms of, you know, their, their sport and stuff like yeah. that. I certainly, when it comes to football, try not to interfere with the coaches who are coaching. It's their job. So if I spoke to Mitchell Lewis, it would be pull them aside at, you know, here or um, at a cafe or not so much. Like I wouldn't walk out at quarter time and pull him to the side and say, mate, you got to do this and this. And I noticed coaching. Um, well, I coach five AX AFL players' sons that they don't listen to their dads, and so Peter Moore and I had it down pat. I coached Darcy and he coached Mitch, and then they both listened to each, uh, the other father, sort of thing. So that's the big thing about being a good father is you got to you've got to actually be able to understand that it's not all about you; it's about them and how their life's growing and how they're maturing and all those sort of things. How important do you think it is? Uh sort of touched on it before, for the kids to have uh, role models and coaches that aren't their own parents. Yeah, I, I think the word role model is just a load of crap. I mean, role model, I call it, it's actually hero worship at the end of the day. As a kid, I had heroes. It was Trevor Barker was mine at St Kilda. I was a St Kilda supporter. I used to idolise him. I went and pl- ended up playing with him. Um, he tragically died at 37. Uh, impacted my life massively. Made me play AFL football in the first place. Also, a guy in Bendigo, Tony Southcombe, who played a few games at Carlton. He, Greg, Greg, Greg Williams, who was my best mate, who won a couple of brand loads and that, grabbed us when we were 15 and got us the fittest kids in Australia so we could play AFL. As a parent, what I've seen me go through, everyone goes through, and that's you're going to have ups and downs. You know, you're going to have good times and you're going to have bad times. And, you know, I've gone through, my kids have seen holiday houses down the beach and big houses in queues and swimming pools and tennis courts stuff, and they've seen me nearly bankrupt. Now they've seen me bounce back, and I'd like to think that what they've seen in the last couple of years or last last 12 months um, gives them a lot of hope for the future. Hi, Simon. <laughs> Hi, Simon here, Vic's dad. You're listening to Father Figures on Sin Nation. Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. Welcome back to Father Figures on Sin Nation. It's just about almost 10 past eight. And uh, that was Puff Daddy with I'll Be Missing You. And he actually wrote that after Biggie Smalls died, who we played earlier on in the show. So let's now jump into a chat I had with another dad who's involved in their kids' sport. I uh, interviewed Brett Anthony, who spent some time on Carlton's AFL list and played all over the country in different AFL comp- uh, football competitions. And 
and his son, he wants to chase his dreams of athletics and run for a college in America. And his daughter is a is a gifted cricketer playing for Paran Cricket Club in a touted junior talent program. Uh, here are the best bits about his experience with dads in sport. Do you think it's you know it's possible? Um, you know, not in your case, but in other cases for. For, for parents or fathers to, to push their kids too hard yeah, and yeah I, yeah I, I see it I see it all the time like 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 Ethan's I, I'm around junior football um, and I see it I, you know the one thing that parents and not one or two nearly every lot 50 percent of the parents on the sideline I think they you know their opinion of their child's ability, is that they're going to play AFL football and they really push them to to play AFL standard when they're probably not at that standard and then because with that then the kid loses the love for the game because he's uh, probably trying his hardest but he's being told he needs to work you know harder so I think you know parents need to parents need to probably relax you know and understand that they'll make it in their own time if they have the ability and to probably, you know, just just not put so much pressure on their children to be what something that, let's be honest, they, you know, to, to play AFL, play for a straight, or play at elite level, the percentage is very low. And, you know, a lot of people aren't capable of actually making that great. So, you know, the, I think the object is to either they make as high, the grade as high as possible their, their ability will allow them to make, but go on and play the sport for a long time. So, yeah, I think you do find that parents put too much pressure on their children. Yep, and do you think that like they see playing sport is, is an opportunity to make a career out of it? And is that, you know, do you encourage them to look for that or...? Um, no, I, 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 my, I'm a children, I think they know you can make a career out of it, but... We don't, we don't, um, we never put the pressure on that they you know, you're doing it to make a career. You know, I believe you, you, you do, if you're going to do something, you do it because you, you love, you, for the love of it. Because I've found that, you know, the people I've seen, uh, young people that I've seen, friends that I've seen that have played at high level sports, and almost got there, but haven't because I, I don't think they found the, the love for the game on the way, they, and they fell out of the love and you know just walked away from it. So our main importance is that whatever they do, sport, work, you know, they've got to pick something that they're going to be happy with, you know, and enjoy. Yeah. And have your um, kids ever, um, you know? said, you know, Dad, you know, say you're coaching and your son's ever said, you know, you're pushing me too hard or anything like that or... Yeah, yeah, they have, they have, they had. Yeah, they just, Not so much you're pushing me so hard and they, they just have, like... Um, how come you don't tell the other kids? Yeah, you always, you know, give me, like... You tell me what I'm doing wrong but you don't give them much negative... You know, feedback, and uh, yeah, they're right. They're, you know, the kids are pretty smart these days, and they're, and they're pretty they're, they're right. But you know, and 
the hardest thing you, you, you and I explained to them, yeah, we're giving you negative feedback, but the problem is we're trying to improve you as sports people. Um, and it is hard. It is hard to not give them, you know, where the things they're doing wrong because at the end, sometimes at the end of the day, unless you've got a real good coach, you know, at the high level, elite level, like, you'll get, they'll get the positive and they'll get the, where they need to improve and what they're doing wrong. But at the local level, everything's good. You know, I say, but so yeah, I have fallen into that trap of actually being a bit harder on the, both of them and not harder on other kids. And um, do you think because you were, you know, a good, a good uh, footy player and stuff like that, that puts more pressure on your, you know, if, if they have successful, uh, you know, dads who were good at, you know, successful sportsmen as parents, do you think that puts more, you know, pressure on, um, you know, maybe your kids or, you yeah. know, in, in different cases? And Well, I, I'm not quite sure. I can't talk for other families, but, yeah, I, I'd say so. I, my daughter, Jade, she's a, you know, she's a really good footballer, but, you know, and the people talk, you know, other parents talk and... You know, when the AFL come in, oh, you know, Jade we play for AFL, and and you know, one hundred one time, on that parents must have been talking, and then Jade come home and said, you know, I said, I said, how's your, how's your football going, Jade? And she goes, oh, it's going well. And she goes, do you really, do you know, Dad, you know, I don't want to be a footballer like you. I said, oh, okay. I said, fair enough. And I asked her, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you know, because everyone talks, you know, about oh, I could be a good footballer, and I know you you play a lot of football, but I don't want that. I want to do. I want to play cricket. So, I, yeah. I so in answering that, I, I think it can be, yeah, you know, a lot of not so much pressure from out, but outside pressure of parents or people believing. Oh, he played football, so his son will play football, and that's why. Yeah, you know, I'm quite happy for Jade to do a cricket if she wants what she wants to do, and Ethan to do his running. You know, because it takes. And I explain to people, no, no, he's not. Really, they're not really interested in that. They doing their own thing and yeah I think it, it makes it easier on the children and do you think you know now uh, with your kids do you think you learned anything from the way your dad went dad went around it you know in terms of fatherhood and all yeah. that sort of stuff yeah I, I think um, one thing I did learn and like as I said when you look back as a, when I'm at the moment in the time at the moment you think he's been harsh on you and uh, but now I look back, and I, you know, what I thought he, what he what he was doing was he was trying to get the best from do the best for me. Um, but I think just communication. I think you know if anything, he lacked that communication to be able to just you know sit, sit down and, and that gentle soul where like he was from a uh, my, that, obviously as a child he was probably they come from a different era. And he was brought up in a pretty uh, like rough, like Preston, rough area. So he's like he learnt his way as a child, and then sort of I think one thing I learned is probably the communication needed to be a little bit better. Um, and that's where I sort of try to give my children the, just a bit more, you know, ask a few questions, let, let them talk and express what they're feeling. That's probably. Um about it, is there anything you'd, you'd like to add or anything? Um, I think, you know, no, no, anything I can probably add from experience. So I think, 
and what I've learnt so far through, you know, you know, father, father and children's sports is just, you know, encourage and let them, you know, make make their own path and enjoy it, enjoy the ride. That's that's probably the biggest feedback and give. You know, if they if they love it enough, they'll they'll get to where they need to get to. You know, they'll. And that's what it's about, them enjoying what they're doing. So, there you have it. Two different dads, uh, I guess, who try their best to be realistic, supportive, and, you know, encourage their their kids in their sporting fruitions, but they also understand that sport is not be-all and end-all. And um, I guess from my own experiences as, as playing sport as a junior, um, I thought it was probably always embarrassing for that kid whose dad would yell from the sidelines, you know, but then at the same time, everybody wants their dad to come along and watch and support them in their sports. But, you know, it, it's not becoming too uncommon for dads to get embroiled in junior sport. Uh, I think just last week, a spectator allegedly pulled a knife on another spectator at a under-16s Kilo Park soccer match. And then earlier this year, ex-AFL star Glenn Archer was also charged with assault of a runner at a junior footy match. So um, it is a topical thing, but I think, as you can see from the dads we spoke to earlier, that, you know, you, they, if you can be as supportive uh, as much as you can as a parent, you know, your kids will appreciate it. And... Um, also, there's a there's a great that I was reading about a great national initiative called Play by the Rules, uh, and they're currently running a campaign called Let Kids Be Kids, which aims to educate people on appropriate behaviour at sport, and I guess sort of encourage that you know sports meant to be fun for the children. So, I had a chat to uh, Jenny Priest, who's the co-chair, over the phone about it all, and I'll play one of their ads first. Uh, promoting the Let Kids Be Kids campaign and, and then we'll hear what Jenny has to say about it. Something went in my eye. <laughs> Testing. Getting my hands on the footy and you know, just being with my mates. I like, like having fun. Just being around your friends and enjoying yourself. I like being outdoors. It just makes me happy. Having fun, I think, is the main thing because it doesn't really matter if you win, at least you get to play. And if you lose, it's not the end of the world. I don't like it when people get yelled at or when I get yelled at. It's pretty embarrassing when someone's shouting at you halfway through the game. Watch your passes. You're so bad. You're not that great. It's mainly how they say it. It makes me feel like I'm useless and I can't do anything. I saw a father bashing his own son. And all the parents were arguing with each other. It was really stressful and it made me just not feel good at all. I, I stopped because I was being yelled at and it just wasn't any fun anymore. He, he's not put on this earth to, to be bashed, to be stripped of his confidence. Yeah, they don't understand that I'm doing my best, so... Just stop, stop. Would you please, like, stop yelling at me on the court because it's making me feel like I can't do it anymore. If they've got to yell out, they could say, like, something encouraging. Things like, good job. Or good pass. You're good, just keep trying and you'll get there. 
Oh, that was a great job. You're doing great. Try as hard as you can. When I hear people yelling from the sidelines, I wanted them to say good job. We're just kids. Just let us have fun, let us do what we love. We're just here to have fun. Just let kids be kids. I guess one of the um, great campaigns and related to the subject that you guys are dealing with on your show at the moment is, is um, the national campaign for uh, Let Kids Be Kids. So it really is a campaign that, that we've promoted from the begin, beginning of the, the current sporting season to say, well, you know, kids are there to, to enjoy sport, to have a great experience and to hopefully have an experience that will lead them down a pathway where they will have a lifelong enjoyment and participation in sport and active recreation. We all know all of the positive things that come uh, from playing sport, leadership skills, skills of resilience, skills of teamwork, um, a whole range of different skills and abilities that, that come out of sport, but also the mental and physical health benefits that sport provides um, for all people, kids, um, adults, older people. So, yeah, can't can't speak out enough about that. And if people haven't had a look at the Play By The Rules website and or seen the campaign Let Kids Be Kids, I'd, I'd really encourage them to have a look. They've put it um, around playing sport. Mm-hmm. And um, so you think uh, that's sort of because they are role models, that's why it's so important for parents or dads to sort of behave appropriately um, at their, you know, junior sporting events or doesn't even have to be juniors at, at, at you know, different events. Yeah, absolutely. They're role models. And, I mean, we know that, that kids... Um, who have parents who are both supportive, encouraging and um, nurturing of them in, in their participation in sport do tend to stay in sport longer. Um, you know, it, it, it's really important. It's really important that parents are providing that, that great role modelling, that they're encouraging of their kids, but that they're also behaving in a way that's teaching the kids the right way to live their lives the right way to engage in sport, not to sort of cringe and, and fear that, you know, if if they're not if they're not perhaps the star on the field that they're going to be in fear of retribution or criticism, that um, you know, that if a, an umpire's made a call, notwithstanding that we don't always agree or or think the umpire's made the right call, I'm sure we've all watched a sporting game, whether it be on the sideline on the weekend with our kids or um, at a at a rugby league or a AFL uh, or a tennis match. You know, we've all we've all seen calls made by umpires that we might not agree with, but I think it's about understanding that um, everyone's human. Someone's got to make a call, and oftentimes, particularly in junior sport, these people are volunteers. Um, they're they're often volunteers, and they're often young kids that are sort of coming up and, and learning to umpire. So they need to be supported and give a, a level of tolerance. We're not uh, in junior sport in particular. I guess we're not playing for for the sheep stations or uh, oil mines. So we need to remember and respect. I think respect's a big word in there. Um, respect and appreciate the role that they've got and the fact that they're having a crack. Yeah, no, I agree. And and just on that role models, how important do you think it is for kids to have role models or coaches that aren't their parents? Um, that aren't their parents? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, diff, you know, so it's not just their parents sort of the whole time. Um you know, maybe especially I think it's for, you know, a case for kids who might, um, you know, be very talented and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you don't want 
you know, sometimes if the parents push them too much, how important is it to have a role model that isn't, you know, their dad or their mum? I think it's really important and really healthy. I mean, we all know, you know, just in the context of that, that sort of sense of conflict of interest sometimes, sometimes you're so close and your passion is so strong because of a relationship. Of course, it's going to be better to have somebody who's in, impartial and who perhaps isn't there um, because, you know, it's their child, but they're there because they're really... Um, keen interest and perhaps they have a, a professional role in um, developing the talent of, of the child it's like it's like any vocation I guess I mean sports um, all about participation first and foremost but there's certainly pathways available to, to talented um, to talented kids and people if they want to take themselves into the elite level and of course when you get to that point it's really important to understand and respect that there are people that, that train up and, and are skilled up and will be the best role models um, and teachers of those kids when they get to that point if they choose to do that. What have I learnt? Um, I guess we all know the mental and physical benefits of playing sports. I think my main takeaway from this week's theme is that every kid, dad and family, will certainly be different, but I guess you have to make sure your kid is enjoying what they do. Even if you want to push them to become elite you know that's fine just make sure you're both happy doing it uh if you want to see the lighter side and a bit of a piss take i guess of this idea of overbearing fathers i made a very low budget mockumentary when i was 18 about a dad who was pushing his son towards a world record this one also stars my very own dad so just jump on the facebook page by searching father figures and check it out um now we better wrap up pretty quickly so um it's time to get to my favorite part of the show where we discuss our dad joke of the week have a look at some of those classic dad fashion choices that are you know very questionable usually and that annoying dadism as always i ask the dads who you know come on the show uh these hard-hitting questions so let's have a listen to what they said your go-to uh, dad joke? Oh, I, I think it's the go-to. I think everyone's used it. My dad's used it. It's um, what's black and white and red all over. Uh-huh. And, and newspaper. Yeah, 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 that's a classic. Yeah. About like a dadism. Um, you know, something that sort of you say that sort of you, you, the kids, your son's roll your what? eyes at, you know, oh, a little yeah. saying or something. Uh, the thing I roll my eyes at is my kids text me all the time, and people who don't know, I've been called chicken since I was about 18. I used to be chicken lips, but it got, after a week it got shortened to chicken. People think it's to, it's, it's to do with a chicken, which I don't deny, but it's actually to do with my small mouth, chicken lips. And um, so all my life I've been called chicken. My kids text me and go, hey chicken mate, what are you up to? I go, it's dad, it's not chicken. You know, so it's a bit of a dadism that's between us, I suppose. About uh, any dad fashion, you know, something that's sort of strictly uh, dad. I'm not sure, you know. Oh, I, I, because in in winter, going into summer, like you know, dad does a lot of uh, indoor. She plays indoor cricket as well, but so a lot of things is indoor and it's pretty cold. And I get always get told off for wearing the uh, moccasins. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean. It, she goes, she thinks, oh, Dad. And the parents just look at me, I go, I've got cold feet. So, moccasins, I always get cold for wearing moccasins. Some pretty uh, dad answers there, that's for sure. Um, 
Now, quickly, my dad joke of the week comes from my dad's dad, so that's my grandfather, and that was this one was all always one of his favourites, and that's uh, why do farts smell? Dun dun dun. So deaf people can enjoy them too. And luckily, because I'm on radio, I don't think I can offend anyone with that joke. And my dadism this week is that dads just love to buy quality things, whether it be electronics or something like that. Um, so they'll always tell you, you get what you pay for. Um, that's a, My dad's very guilty of that one. So, you know, sometimes they just don't realise that buying the top-notch microwave isn't always high on their kids' agenda. So, um, yeah, you get what you pay for. And dad fashion of the week, I think I'm going to follow suit of Brett's guilty choice of footwear. Um, He's definitely not the only dad that loves moccasins, but another shocking footwear choice is dads just love Crocs. I mean, Crocs, come on. They don't even look particularly comfortable in my eyes, and I can't even decide if they look better or worse with socks. Um, I guess they confuse me, disgust me, and sort of make me laugh at the same time. But dads, keep rocking the Crocs and, and everyone else just please don't. And I guess that's it for another episode of Farter Figures on Sin Nation. Thank you all for listening. I've really enjoyed it. Stay tuned on the Facebook page for updates on next week's theme. Uh, and the podcast is going to be on Facebook and you can jump on sin.org.au to check that all out as well. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it or been inspired to challenge your dad to a game of backyard cricket. As always, I'll be back next week at 7.30 for another episode. Tell your dad, tell your friends, tell your friends' dads, and tell your dad's friends. And also get in touch with me on social media if you have a dad's story that needs to be shared. I'm going to leave you with Shaquille O'Neal, and he's rapping about um, his lack of biological father. Um, And it's very topical because... He's obviously a sporting star and he's done it without a biological dad. So cheers, guys. Enjoy.